All righty, welcome back to episode five. Am I right? Yeah, I think so. Yes. As you can tell, uh, uh, finals are kind of taking a toll on all of us and kind of emotionally draining and physically draining. <laughs> so I apologize, but welcome back to episode five of Happier Days podcast and part two with JP Garcher and Grace Kosunik. Hello, hello. Yes. Excited Glad to be here to be again. Back. Yes. Glad to have you guys back on for part two. Um, so a little bit about, I'm just going to honestly turn it over to them because <clears throat> they just had a little bit more to go off of what we were talking about last episode and kind of just to fill you guys in on what we were talking about. Uh, we were talking a lot about uh, Akron's counseling resources, uh, the process going through it coping mechanisms, um, methods. Um, we spoke a little bit in depth about the coping well plan. And um, just to go off a little bit more about some other resources and organizations that are here at Akron and provided for students that you may not know about. Um, so here's Grace. Uh, I'm actually going to let JP start just JP, because... JP, sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's okay. <clears throat> You're good. So I know last week we had talked a lot about counseling and testing and people's journeys through that. So last week I'd mentioned that I was going to schedule an intake appointment. Well, I did that yesterday. So I called... Congratulations. Thank Snaps you. And yes. Claps. Yes. I talked to Paulette, the lovely lady at the Counseling and Testing Center. She <laughs> worked... so nice. Yes. Super nice. I would highly encourage anybody who's second guessing it to go and reach out. She's truly one of the nicest people I've talked to over the phone. She helped me figure out what times would work because they have walk-in hours. So you can only come in and do intake appointments from like... 9 a.m. to 11 in the mornings and then like 1 to 3 in the afternoons but it's only on like certain days and with my class schedule and stuff like that I didn't really know like what was going to work so she like asked me like what days am I looking at and like what times would work so she really helped me figure out a time to like come in and be flexible because she was like you have to do paperwork and stuff just to get an idea on like what you want out of this and stuff like that so she was super helpful um, and just really thankful that I was using Akron services so this is this is your time. If you're thinking about it, go do it. Um, I think it's going to be a great way for me to not uh, what is it debrief about just stuff that's happened in my past and stuff like that. So get some weight off your shoulders. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm very excited. But I figured I'd give everybody an update because we talked about that last week. So I'm very excited. Very proud of you. Thank you. It's a big step to uh, go to counseling, especially. I, I can't. I can't remember. Did you say you you did go to counseling? Before? I have not. No. This is this is gonna be my first time like ever going to counseling for mental health. I don't think I've ever been. I've been to physical therapy, but that's that's been it. Okay. So, so yeah, that's a big first step. Then like yeah. realizing or not realizing, but just taking that initial step and going to counseling in general. Yeah, so. and it's even like the fact of I didn't. It's, I've talked about it last week. I don't have any like glaring mental health issues. I'm not struggling with like finding a reason or anything like that. It's just something that's been on my mind of like, I should probably just talk to somebody just about what's been going on. Maybe there's something under the scenes that I don't identify as a mental health problem, but mm -hmm. it is behind the scenes or something along those lines. But I'm excited. Proud of you, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I feel like that's a really good perspective to give too because a lot of the times, like I talked about this last week, like people come up with the idea or like the 
perspective of therapy as being like only for an immediate crisis situation or for when something's like drastically wrong with you. Um, But I think anybody can really benefit from going to therapy. So I really like that perspective on things. Um, So Costa, you actually gave like the perfect introduction to kind of what JP and I started talking about at the end of last week, uh, which is academic burnout. So you kind of gave the perfect intro with how finals week is really getting to everybody right now. Um, But JP and I wanted to come on and talk about burnout as a big part too, just because we know it's something that University of Akron students are not immune to. It's a problem going on across the country Um, and UA students aren't immune to it at all. Um, So we wanted to come on and just kind of like, first of all, define academic burnout and then take you guys through just really what it is, what it looks like for people, and then kind of give like the administrative side of things, their perspective of it, and just kind of the campus culture right now around it and like mental health in general, which I think is really important to talk about. And then kind of identifying some starting points for like how to recover from it or like how to cope with it basically. Um, So we'll just kind of jump right in. So first of all, academic burnout, I'm sure you can all like say like, oh, I feel so burnt out, but like actually defining it would just mean it's basically just a negative emotional, physical and mental reaction to prolonged stress, basically just resulting in exhaustion, frustration, lack of motivation and reduced ability in school. So I'm sure you can like hear that definition and be like, oh, yeah, definitely feeling that right now. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Yeah, especially with finals coming up. It's just that time of the year. But this is something that's been going on all semester long, especially coming out of the COVID pandemic. It's something that we're really seeing across college campuses, and it's really terrifying, honestly. Uh, so JP and I kind of had a moment a couple weeks ago in the USG office where we just looked at each other and we were like, we are so done. Like, we just can't do this anymore. Um, I think mentally we're like stuck in week eight, I would say. Yeah, I would talk. I'm going to talk about that later. But like, I feel <laughs> like I can't. I literally said like it's October the 1st yesterday and i was like it's just not anywhere near that yeah so it's very scary yeah uh so this is something jp and i kind of acknowledged and we took a step back and we're like well this is something that we're facing we can't even imagine how amplified this is across our campus and then across like across the country basically at other college campuses so we started looking into it and we actually found that ohio state medical wexner center actually did a really terrifying study Um, So the first round of the screening that they did was in August of 2020, and they found that out of a little bit over a thousand college students that were screened for this, 40% screened positive for burnout, and then they redid the same screening in April of 2021, and that increased to 71%. So that is a drastic increase, and that is like terrifying for me to hear. Uh, When JP and I read that statistic, we kind of had a moment of like, this is really scary because we knew that mental health was going to be an issue on campus, especially coming out of COVID, um, going into COVID in the first place. It wasn't the greatest. And then coming out of it, we knew it was going to be really bad, which is why it is such a big part of our platform. Hashtag Zips Heartbeat. Uh, we knew there was going to be a lot of work to do, but I don't think anybody really anticipated how real it really is right now. And it's just really terrifying to see. Can like, we say this, that just one more time for people to like really grasp what you just said? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so in August of 2020, so first of all, like over the summer, classes really were not even in the height of things. 40% of college students screened positive for burnout. So I think that's also an important aspect of it to talk about because it's not like an open-ended survey, like, oh, do you feel burnt out? Because I'm sure a lot of people would select yes, but this is like an actual screening that they did. Like the University of Akron does like depression screening. So this was a burnout screening. 40% of students screened positive for it. And then they redid the same screening in April of 2021. And that percentage increased to 71%. That is terrifying. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's very scary. So 
basically JP and I wanted to come on and first of all just acknowledge that because again I think it's one thing to say like oh I feel so burnt out but to like actually recognize it and recognize that it is such an issue is a whole different ball game we really think and it is such a problem clearly the statistics aren't lying about it uh so basically we kind of wanted to like talk about the journey of like burnout I would say so again coming out of COVID what does that really look like so basically I'm sure we can all remember back in COVID a lot of the classes are online we were just talking about the joy of asynchronous classes that thing just feeling super disconnected from first of all classes in general and then like campus life not really like finding a place to belong or like something to be a part of even and a big part of that that I think people didn't recognize was the role that technology really played in that So one of the things that we're seeing now is the unrealistic ideas of productivity that we're experiencing. So basically, if you can think back to like online classes and asynchronous, at the same time, probably from the same place all day, we were expected to attend class, answer emails, type your papers and submit your assignments. And it was all online. So now coming out of that, if you're going back to an in-person class or if your classes came back synchronously even, it's hard to detach from our computers. And for me especially, like I know this happens to me probably every day. I have like a lot of my classes are in person, which is nice. But at the same time, like I'll have a tab open with like my Brightspace for like taking notes. And then I'll also have like a tab open with like my Outlook account. And if I get an email, I feel like I have to respond to it immediately. And that is one of the scariest things to think about because it's like you can't even be really 100% focused on what's going on any of the time. Yeah. And I know, JP, you wanted to kind of expand upon that for you. Yeah, I would say, and this is going back to the point of like technology and how influential it was in, I feel like, portraying a sense of multitasking and productivity, but actually like... Finding that happy medium. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, I don't know if I've ever gotten out of it. Because I think last year, it was a lot of the same thing, like... I ate I ate breakfast at my desk and did homework. I ate lunch at my desk and did class. I ate dinner at my desk while I did meetings and emails and stuff like that. Like everything that happened at home was at my desk in my in my room. That was it. I didn't have any in-person classes until the spring. Like that was that was it for me. Mm-hmm. And so it was easy for me to have my class on one monitor and then have my email or something else that was distracting. I'm not going to talk about that, but like video games or anything like that on the other <laughs> monitor. And it's so it created the sense of like, I can handle multiple things at the same time, right? I can do class and then also write emails and do be productive outside of class. And I would be fine because it was online and it's just not the same environment. But then you take that mentality and you put it back to an in-person environment where it's like, I'm sitting in a classroom the same the same way that Grace is, where it's like I'm sitting in a classroom, I have my laptop there and my notebook, but my notebook sits there and doesn't get an ink, like a drop of ink on it. And my laptop is open and I'm writing emails in class and stuff like that. And so, and I couldn't tell you half the stuff I've learned this semester. Like it's just, it's a different, I don't think I've realized that, that I can't take the same mentality that I used to learn things online at my computer at home comfortably. It's not the same in the classroom. And I feel like that's definitely contributed at least to my sense of burnout. Like it's like, I still feel like I'm stuck in week eight. Like I'm progressively still trying to catch up on the stuff that I learned in quotation marks, but never really understood because it was the same mentality of like, I can multitask. I can do both things. I can miss class and catch up but i just i can't yeah 
And that was part of the reason of like, I used to be like super motivated. Like I loved coming to class and stuff. I never missed class. I was always sat in the front and that was just kind of how it was. But COVID happened and then everything kind of just like just on the chopping board. And then by the time this semester rolled around, it was like you got in the classroom and you're like, great. Same thing as freshman year. Not at all. It was like you got in the classroom you sit in there for a while and you're like, I just, I can't, I can't pick it up. Like I, it's just not the same for me. So it's like, I can't understand. You're, you're almost, you're almost like moving, removing yourself from reality for, let's say, what is it like a year, year and a half time span. And you're, you're almost kind of forced to put that those same qualities and same, not rituals, but characteristics of how you move and operate every day of your life back into normal, into the norm when it's not the norm, it's not the same. It's yeah. your your time loop the year and a half into your future, and you're expected to take the same qualities of, a, a, like just being realistic, a younger self two years f- earlier, yep. and you're supposed to operate at the same capacity, and yeah. that's not how it's supposed to be. No, yeah, not that's it's not how your body it's functions. Not possible. It's not possible, frankly, and it's coming to a point now where it's like I finally realize that. It took me 15 weeks to get here. That's the scary part. So I can only imagine if some people aren't here yet. And it's I like it's just scary to think about because I couldn't imagine like if that had happened like another 15 weeks from now. Like I don't know who who else could be out there that's experiencing experiencing kind of the same thing that's like I don't realize that yet. It's going to take me another semester to realize that that i can't like function the same way online that i have to in person it's just a totally different environment and so and additionally like you have to put more of your effort into learning it in person i think people when you always ask them it's like oh i loved i loved in-person classes that was the biggest thing i missed about like COVID times is like i loved being in an in-person class like i felt like the entire point of the classroom is the professor but now it's like i sit in a classroom it's like i can't stand the professor like I, it, I'm getting nothing out of it. And it's nothing against the professor. No. It's just like the concept of like having yeah. to go to a classroom and just sit there. It's just so hard to retain information anymore. It's so hard. Um, I kind of, I kind of ex- like myself, uh, I, I've, I'm just going to be quite frankly honest, like with everything going on, finals, school, um, the podcast, like, um, I did take one week off just because, like, I don't want to say I was getting burned out of the podcast, but, like, it's I go to school for criminology and criminal justice. So a lot of what I am dealing with is um, about the human mind and broadening your social imagination and um, focusing on mental health and how to cooperate and really cope with it. So I kind of just like, I don't know, I, I relate to that. I kind of, I don't want to say I got burned out, but I think an important part of what you're talking about, JP, is is like when you're saying really dive into it in person, not only in person, like figuring out how to deal with burnout, but really like figuring out and understanding yourself. Um, and what I mean by that is, uh, take for example, I I'm not going to take the credit for this because uh, it's not my saying, but I there's this podcast, this leadership podcast that one of my friends introduced to me, and uh, 
I don't I don't remember his first name. I'm going to call him Mr. Groschel or Groschel. I don't know how to say it. Um, but he says, learning how to operate at an efficient capacity. And what I mean by that is, is like taking your taking your day and finding that happy medium that I was talking about earlier, taking your day and figuring out what time frames you operate very successfully at. Uh, and you call those your green zones. Um, and so, like, for me, I'm a more of a night owl. I'm a nocturnal guy. Uh, I don't know if that really comes from, like, my undiagnosed, like, insomnia I'd have. I don't know. Uh, but I operate at nighttime. Uh, that's when I, like, do my best work. That's why we're filming a podcast right now at 7 p.m. <laughs> uh, so, Yeah. And then you, you figure out your time frames that you operate, you're most efficient at, your green zones. And you say, okay, I'm going to block that time frame out where it's me time. And I'm going to do what I need to do. Whether that's extracurriculars, that's schoolwork, or both. Um, and just finding out how to balance that. And then you also, you need to establish your red zones. Um, what times, me, I'm, I'm not a morning person. I hate mornings. My mom can tell you that. I hate mornings. I don't operate very efficiently in the morning. I'm sleepy, I'm tired, I'm groggy, and I've been getting better at going through my morning routine of not looking at my phone for 30 minutes. I go and get my shower. I go and make breakfast. I eat my breakfast. I get dressed, and then I look at my phone. And it's been working recently. But... You figure out and you know your strengths and weaknesses, your green zones and your red zones, what times you operate efficiently at, what times you don't operate efficiently at, and you almost kind of need to train your body. I don't want to say into an hourly or day-to-day or minutely schedule because we're not robots, um, but be aware of what times you're efficient at and what times you're not. Um, And I think that can contribute a lot to burnout. And not only just establishing your green zones and red zones, he also talks about limiting yourself to one to three things you care about outside of school or work. And it's not a bad thing. It's just we all want to do everything. We all want to be a part of everything. And... But what can you really indulge in and really versus quantity over quality? Yeah. And I think that is like really important. Like try and I, I kinda I'm kinda bad about that too, because like <laughs> I'm in active minds, I'm on the mental health task force, I run a podcast, I go to school, uh part time job, like yeah. it's it's packed. So and recently I just like I quit my part-time job. I was like, you know what? I need to focus on school. I removed it. Um, I go to the gym. Like, So it's a, when I say limit yourself to one to three things, it's not a, an actual quantity one to three. It can be like five. I'm saying don't push yourself because you got a bad case of FOMO. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. That's but, a, That's a really good way of putting it. Don't push yourself because of FOMO. You're not missing out. And it's okay to, even like um, 
one of my buddies uh, in Fido, he he was talking about his like routine that he does. And he actually like he'll tell people sometimes like he blocks times out in like his green zones where he doesn't talk to anyone like he just and that's a that's another norm too that I think that our society and Akron just struggles with is and my buddy Joe Knopp he does this too at uh, at Walsh he said he just like goes to the union or like to the cafeteria and he'll eat lunch by himself and like have his thoughts. Um, I'm not saying go and be a loner or like, I'm not calling him a loner, but I'm not calling him a loner or a loner either. Uh, it's just what he does to help him get through his day and collect it and go about it and tackle it. Um, my buddy, um, he, he'll literally block a timeout at night or something. And if he's talking to someone, Hey man, I'm sorry. I'd love to hang out with you some other time, but I got to go right now. And you don't got to, it's not being rude. It's not like saying, Hey, I don't want to hang out with you. It's just like. No, I need a time to decompress. I need a time to decompress, relax, gather myself, whether that's the time that you sit and read a book or that's the time that you sit and play the piano or that's the time that you sit and you watch a podcast or do homework or start your entrepreneurial business and start a podcast, whatever it may be. Um, I think that is just like a very important like part to people people's growth and development that they yeah. don't that they don't understand and yep. that like I said earlier they they almost think that they're I I suffer bad from this cuz I'm a people pleaser and I don't want to like cut people off or I don't want to I don't know I say be rude to people where like their feelings and emotions or not spend time with them and think I don't care about them but it's just like no you need to take a step back and focus on me Mm -hmm. yeah. so. no I agree I actually think that's really important and I actually started doing that recently too so I talked about it a little bit last week just like my struggle with like being alone um, and COVID definitely like amplified that but I think it's like important now to take a step back and be like okay during COVID like everybody like says that they felt super lonely but a different like aspect of that is like actually spending time with yourself because a lot of the time like for me like sure you might have been physically lonely but like a lot of time for me like I was sitting there like scrolling on TikTok for like a terrifying amount of time or like I was constantly like watching TV but I wasn't like actively doing anything productive or like to work on myself so I actually started doing that I found like a coffee shop that I really like and started just going I got coffee there every single morning now and it's a really good time for me and it's just like a time for me to like read my book um which like transitions really well into like my experience with burnout so I am like the biggest advocate for the concept of like purpose fuels passion so for me like if I don't care about something I'm just not going to do well at it like I'm one of those types of people that needs to feel like fulfilled in the work that I'm doing which is why I love USG I love being the student body president because I know like the work that I'm doing with hashtag zips heartbeat is really important work and it's very fulfilling but for me this semester with all my classes I just have not been fulfilled at all in them so going into this year I was a biomedical sciences major. I was a senior, supposed to be on track to graduate in the spring. Um, I'm taking 18 credit hours right now. I've taken summer classes every summer, every semester that I've been in Akron, which has been terrible. Uh, so I came off of a summer semester taking six or nine credit hours, which is ridiculous for summer courses, mm -hmm. to now taking 18 credit hours. And then next semester, I was supposed to be taking 21 credit hours. Jeez. And it was just terrible. I think I hit a point like week four where I was just sitting in my classes and I was like 
this sucks. Like, I don't even like this anymore. I'm taking, like, biology electives that were, like, not really relevant to the field of medicine that I even wanted to go into. And for me, like, again, purpose feels passions. Like, if I don't feel like the work that I'm doing is meaningful, I can't care about it. And if I don't care about it, it shows in my grades. Mm -hmm. So I was hitting a point where it was just, like, I had no motivation to study because I was, first of all, like, stressed out from taking 18 credit hours. So week three, I dropped one of my classes, which was a really good decision for me, um, but definitely kind of close to, like, what you were talking about, like, being able to recognize in yourself, like, what you can afford to say yes to. Uh, somebody gave me that advice recently, and I thought it was really good advice. Um, but, yeah, so I hit that point. So dropped one of my classes, which significantly helped. But then even since, it's just, like, a matter of, like, playing catch-up. Like, for me, I'd be like, oh, I'm so tired this week. Like, I'll watch the next year's lex- next week. And then those lectures just kind of compound on each other. And for me, like, I'm still in, like, a couple hybrid classes. And I don't know, for me in hybrid classes, like, it feels like it's significantly more work than it would have been if it was just in person, which is terrible. Uh, But, like, I have a professor who uploads probably, like, 15 hours of videos every single week for us to watch. And then we have an exam after two weeks of doing that, which is terrible because it's so much. So then I was in these classes and it's just like, we were talking about this earlier, like professors just ruining one thing for you. Mm -hmm. So then Mm -hmm. I had a point where I was like, do I even want to do this for another four years and go to med school? So I was like, okay, fine. I'll go to grad school for two years. I'll delay grad or I'll keep graduating this summer, but like I'll go to grad school for two years and delay med school. But then week eight came along and it was just some of the same things. Like I was just not liking any of my classes, really like second guessing what I even wanted to do with my life, which is like a really terrible position to be in because it's like... For me, like, I've known that I wanted to be a doctor since I was probably, like, in the eighth grade around that age. So, like, to be questioning that as I'm a senior in college was really terrifying to go through. Um, So that definitely took a toll on my mental health then. And it's just a matter of, like, trying to deal with all this stuff. And then it's compounding on top of each other. And it's just, like, basically, again, going back to, like, that definition of burnout, like, chronic stress that's just, like, so prolonged that you're basically just getting buried by it. Um, So I recently brought this up to somebody that I had a meeting with for USG and just kind of like a venting situation, but I had, he explained to me everything that I was feeling in the most like terrifyingly accurate way possible. Um, But basically he explained it to me like this. So Costa, you actually gave like the perfect kind of intro to this. We were going to wrap around (laughs) to this because I was like, you started on saying it, but I was hoping that Grace was going to go there with it. So Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. But I think it's really important to talk about because for me, like it was a big deal that like somebody from the University of Akron, like acknowledged that like I wasn't the only person feeling this way and like actually defined and explained in much better terms than just my rants to him what it was. Uh, So he basically said that all students took a one and a half year gap in like our normal quote unquote academic life. Um, and so in that year and a half gap, like we stopped developing coping mechanisms, which I think was like not something that anybody really recognized they weren't doing anything anymore. Um, but like I said, like we were spending time like on TikTok or like doing other things, but like classes weren't happening or if they were, it wasn't the same kind of stimulation that we were getting before. It wasn't as challenging anymore. Um, if you were working, it might've gone to home or you might've gotten furloughed or laid off. So you probably weren't doing that anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so you took a year and a half gap basically in learning how to deal with stress and learning how to be a college student or be like a normal human being. Basically, you didn't have to really balance anything because there was nothing going on. Uh, so then fast forward to this year, we returned back to campus and we're being treated as like whatever Mm -hmm. your academic year is. Like for me, I was being treated as like a senior in college. And the last time I was on campus, I was a sophomore. Mm -hmm. So my coping mechanisms are at a sophomore college level. 
when I'm being treated like a senior stress level, which is terrifying. And students don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to balance normal life. Again, much less how to be a college student. And it's really scary because we're seeing like two tracks happening at the same time. So like older students are getting even more stressed out thinking about like life after graduation. Like I just said for me, like this is the first time like I'm a senior now taking classes and it's like questioning, am I ready to like go into the workforce? Am I ready to do this, take this huge step when I feel like I'm still a sophomore in college basically because that's where my coping mechanisms are. And then for younger students, like freshmen and sophomores, the sophomores are basically still freshmen because this is their first year on campus. Mm -hmm. And then the freshmen, like they're coming out of like a COVID year of high school. I can't even imagine what that's going to be. They're juniors in high school at college. Exactly. Like that's terrifying. So we're seeing those two paths happening Mm -hmm. at the same time. So younger students are struggling to even like adjust to being away from home for the first time because like imagine leaving for college as a junior in high school that's a year sooner than you plan to basically Mm -hmm. so then we're kind of seeing these trends of like anxiety burnout and then people are getting isolated because they don't know what it's like to join a student org in high school much less at college now or ever being on campus before so then it's leading to like these feelings of isolation basically and it's leading to very terrifying high amounts of like transfers or dropouts or just not feeling like they're succeeding in college and then it's also leading to this idea of destructive perfectionism so basically what we talked about earlier just like super unrealistic ideas of productivity and like oh I'm like a sophomore in college now this is my first time on campus I have to join everything under the sun that I can but then you're getting in a place where it's actually setting you up to be more of a failure than if you would just not join anything and nobody's teaching us how to like really balance these things and it's just really terrifying to hear but I thought it was really important that like somebody from the University of Akron acknowledged it um, and this actually came about... Who was, who was this again? The VP of Student Affairs, actually. Dr. What? Messina. Dr. Messina. Yeah, he's... I want to talk to Dr. Messina. <laughs> yeah, he's a great guy to get to know. Uh, he's got his master's in higher education. He's a good guy. Um, but yeah, so he talked to us because, again, I was just like venting to him, ranting about how I had been feeling as a senior. And he was talking about how... Basically, he described this to me and I said, how did you know that? Like, that is terrifying that you just like yeah. looked into my soul and described everything that I was feeling. We both <laughs> we both sat there for a couple seconds and we're like, that is so scarily accurate. Like, that is exactly, exactly like what we were going through. Because I'm like, I, the first, like, Grace was like, I was a sophomore. I was a freshman. I lived in honors my freshman year when they were like, you got to go. COVID's around the corner. Around the corner, you got to get out. Like. And then, of course, it was in my parents' house, signing a lease for a house where I barely went on campus. Like, and the coping mechanisms things, like, that's entirely true because you're like, oh, I developed, in quotes. Like, I developed. I took classes online and did this and did that. And then you get here and you're like, where did it go? It's gone. (laughs) Yeah. Like, where did it go? The reason that I do this podcast is not to just spread awareness and say, oh, you need to go to counseling or you need to think like this or that. No, it's changing the culture and the mindset. Um, Think about it this on more broader terms. Um, With burnout and changing the culture and burnout, think about it with two books. One, the first book, is a book about how to fix a broken pillar. Okay? The second book is the book about how the to build a pillar that will never break which one would you rather read the pillar that wouldn't break exactly yeah exactly because you eliminate the problem it's the the book with the broken pillar 
is just not solving the problem. It's just teaching how to cope with it. So when coping with burnout in each and every one of ourselves, you're going to have a different coping method. But if you can change your mindset to the point where you don't even allow yourself to get at the burnout. And that's where I'm talking about the green zones and the red zones and establishing a routine and limiting limiting yourself to excuse me, I'm kind of sick and very nasally right now, but <laughs> um, limiting yourself to extracurriculars that you take quality in and not necessarily you're going for quantity with activities and you're really focusing on what you're doing and really learning about yourself um i think would definitely solve not i don't want to say solve but drastically change the burnout culture at akron and everywhere really it's it's applicable to everywhere um so the next thing I want to talk about is I had this question and I just I asked it to to someone randomly. And I said, "Do you think and maybe this is maybe this is a whole different episode um part in completely in itself." <laughs> well, not not even just saying part 3, like just a whole different episode in itself. Um do you think burnout is associated with substance abuse? Um, I would say yes, to an extent. Yes. I, when I think part of that goes back to the coping issues, right? So you develop exactly. Yeah. I think the whole, I think everything kind of relates back to that in regards to like coping, right? If you have an unhealthy coping mechanism, say it's alcohol, like that's a hundred percent going to contribute to that idea of like, I'm Bertown. I have no way to not express myself in that way, but to like take my mind off of school. Mm -hmm. If if you go through school 15 hours a week, if you have 15 credit hours, if you go through it 15 hours a week, you have homework, you have studying, you have exams, you have quizzes, and then you don't have like a healthy outlet to cope with, that, and that's your only way to do it, like that's something that you're gonna get addicted to. Mm -hmm. Like it's just one of those things where it's like, I feel, I feel as though it is definitely a factor of that. I'm not saying it's 100% a reason of it because I think there's definitely other reasons why people view substances, whether that's trauma in their past or that's something that was brought into them outside of their control, whether that was like through a parent or a friend or something mm -hmm. like that. But I think definitely if you find it on your own and you have no healthy way to either like stay away from it or no healthy way to cope with anything else. And that's exactly that's exactly where I went with it when I asked this person. I said, "Okay, excuse me. Some people have unhealthy coping mechanisms. Okay, so let's say, for example, you're having a very rough week with finals, and you know what? You just you need to go to the bar and you want to relax. You just need a beer. You just like you know what." Screw it. I need a beer right now. All right. Let's take it a step further. And this is where I asked them. When, when you, let's just take a person that's never, never experienced burnout in their life, which I don't think there is one, but 
Um, I agree with that. I don't think. But let's just yeah. take. Let's conceptually. Just ta- yeah, conceptually. <laughs> hypothetically. Hypothetically. Um, let's just take someone who's never had trauma, like good life, perfect life. Um, they don't have burnout. They man the real managed. Grew up in a real family household where they manage their time well. They always have. Um, they're on top of their game. They're four point student, presidential scholarship, whatever. Blah blah blah. And then they try marijuana for the first time or they try drinking for the first time because I'm, I'm sure every high school student has tried drinking at some point in their life. Um, I'm sure maybe not all, but I'm sure some high school student has tried marijuana at some point in their life um, before they've got to college or while they're in college even. And then you take that substance when they, they felt real real depressed and and they go and take a beer and drink it and it makes them feel better or they feel real real anxiety real high anxiety and you know what they try marijuana for the first time and it um it makes them feel good and they're like you know what that actually made me feel good like what maybe next time like i can i can just do that again and it'll make me feel good and then you reach that point where your mind is not your own mind. It's trained to operate differently. Um, and what I mean by that is, is like with burnout and recognizing healthy coping mechanisms like drinking a glass of water, going on a walk, um, something that I do, breathe in for eight seconds, breathe out for four. Um, just like little things like that or even if it's like going to play an instrument or whatever. They're not trained to think like that because they've been introduced to something and so that's what they turn to instead. So my main question is how do we change that culture here? How do we get students to think like that more? And it's not going around protesting, oh, don't drink don't smoke, blah, blah, blah. And with nicotine, it's because, it, I mean, yeah, we can do the salt march every day and probably get a lot of recognition like the gun girl at 10. But um, if I'm being honest, I don't think that's the right approach. So what it what is the appropriate approach? So I think what you're describing is basically, uh, it's called a culture of care, if you've heard kind of that buzzword before. But basically it's about like, putting the person back into the student or back into the professional or back into the worker. And it's about making students feel, and not just feel, but making them actually valued. And it starts, this is a big like conceptual talk that's happening right now at the university level, which I think is very important that these conversations are happening. Um, So this is, first of all, really unique that you brought this up even. I really like this question. Um, But yeah, so it's basically about like, how do we go towards a culture of care? And there's a lot of different aspects to it because I think that if students aren't feeling like valued academically or professionally or they're not feeling fulfilled from anything going on in their life, it's much easier to turn to something that does give them that instant gratification and return to those unhealthy coping mechanisms. So I think it starts or continues. I know some professors are really great about this on the professor level of just like if students are going through things like not being upset or being like nasty towards students if they're reaching out and saying like hey 
I'm really going through it right now. I just need like an extension on this assignment or like, can I take this exam another day at the testing center? Like just being forgiving with them because I think that a lot of the times like students also think of professors as just like this other person, like they're so much better than me, but like they were a student once too. They probably know what it's like. Mm -hmm. So it's about like teaching students and like empowering them to being able to like equip them with the techniques to like approach their professor about that extension. And then on the flip side, equipping the professors with like the patience and the knowledge. And again, that culture of care about like being understanding with the students and everything that we're facing right now. Um, and that's kind of the conversation that I mentioned. He brought that up because it was at a meeting with all the university deans. So they're kind of recognizing it too, like within the academic colleges of like, this is what students are facing. Like, how do we fix it? Or like, how do we support this? Yeah, and it's 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 a fine, like you said, it's a fine gray area. It's a fine threshold that has to be um, compromised and like met at and just on both sides. Um, how, like you said, how do students appropriately engage professors and not abuse that? Right. But at the same time, yeah. how do professors at a professional level maintain that academic accountability while being forgiving for their students so yeah yeah and i think too it like translates into the work world right like if you're going through something and you let your boss know I'm, like in a perfect scenario in a almost perfect in almost any scenario not even a perfect one your boss is going to be like mm -hmm. take a day off don't worry about it we're getting into a point now in our culture and like in our society where like people are starting to prioritize that kind of stuff so i think it's and this is this is just my opinion on this but I feel like it's not right for professors who are training you actively to be a part of a workforce where this is now a, a new culture to be like, I can't allow like you to get an extension because you're just not doing that well, like mentally, mm -hmm. like I can't allow that. Like, I feel like it's, it's definitely a culture change that I think some professors recognize while others need to take a step up and just be like, I need to train my students to be ready and able to talk to my professor. Cause I feel like part of it is, I don't know how to ask my professor like hey i'm just not doing that well i is there any way that i could like get an extension on an assignment or well, stuff let like me that? ask you something real quick jp though that you just brought that up do you feel like some sort of pressure um i don't want to say like ashamed or like a higher standard that you're held to within your classrooms being the vice president no because and i don't tell anybody to be totally frank, I don't tell like I don't go actively tooting my own horn. I like to call. Do, it, do professors like, have access to see that though? I mean, obviously, do they no, know? I don't think so. Unless unless they've had work with like one of my professors that I had last year, I worked with outside of the classroom, so she knew that I was the vice president. But it's not something, and I just hate talking about myself. So that's probably part of why. But to me, I feel like in my eyes, it doesn't serve me any value to like openly stand up in a classroom and go like hey i'm the vice president like mm -hmm. call at me if you will like mm -hmm. it just doesn't do me any good so i don't know if i i think to me i hold myself to a higher standard for that reason but i don't know if like to answer your question i don't like expect my teachers and everybody else to hold me to a higher standard for that okay if that makes sense just a little side question yeah i think for me actually interestingly enough um so being like the president, I have like meetings that are mandatory. So like, for example, uh, the student body president always sits on like university council and faculty senate. Um, and I happen to have a class during both of those times. And 
at the beginning of the semester, basically, I just went to my professor and said, like, hey, I have a meeting during these times. And, like, he's a really nice guy. I had him for a different <coughs> class and everything and knew him from a lab that I had. He was like, oh, like, what meetings do you have, whatever. And I just kind of told him, like, oh, these are these things that I have to go to. He was like, why are you sitting on these? So I told him, like, oh, it just kind of came up, like, oh, I'm actually the student body president. Like, it's part of my, like, duties outlined in our governing documents that I have to serve on these. And I will say that I actually heavily regret ever telling him that because ever since, like, it was for organic chemistry, actually, and I'm just, like, not super good at chemistry and, like, really struggling in the class. Uh, So then for me, like, I'm the type of student that, like, will go to office hours if I'm struggling. Like, I go to tutoring. I utilize every resource that I can just to pass, basically, if I'm in that kind of situation. Um, So then, like, I found myself in a position where, like, I'd return to his office hours and was in a position of being like put the stigma on you it did like you're some super student not yeah it definitely did because then i was like there came a time actually the second exam for the class it was like week eight or something and all of my classes this semester happened to have an exam the same week and oh, it was one of those weeks and it was just terrible for me like mentally so and i was like going through a lot personally so i actually approached all my professors that week and was like i cannot do this like i'm going through it mentally i'm not doing well and all of my professors were really cool about it. I scheduled makeup exams, whatever. But the next time that I went into his office hours, he actually said to me, like, did that mean that you took time away from, like, your student government work? And that was, like, really hard for me to, like, handle because then mm. I'm, like, going back on myself. Like, I'm definitely, like, my biggest, like, proponent and I'm definitely my worst critic, I'd say. So then for, like, somebody else to recognize that I'm, like, struggling or anything like that was, like, really hard for me because then I felt like, oh, am I being a bad president? Am I being a bad student? Am I being a bad friend to people around me? Like, am I being a bad person right now? Mm -hmm. And it turned into, like, a really unhealthy culture for me of, like, any time that I was, like, taking time for myself then, I felt guilty about it because I was like, oh, I should be studying right now or I should be, like, at the library watching these lectures or I should be like spending more time with my friends. I should be doing anything but relaxing right now. But I was at a point where like that was just all I could do in the moment and that's what I needed. But I felt so guilty doing it and taking that time for myself. And I think that's really like what led to my burnout perpetuating throughout the rest of the semester. And going back to like what we were saying about like teachers and professors and even it's applicable to the workplace, like your boss, like being forgiving with you. Yeah. Um, that's actually one of the reasons why I quit my part-time job was yeah. because like one, one weekend, uh, I had to work. It was a triple shift is what it was called. Oh God. And I, oh. I worked from six until 12, uh, yeah, 12 PM. And then I got from 12 to four, off and then i had to work from four to 12 again later that night wow um so and then the next day i had to be up for a 6 a.m shift wow that yeah and i just was like i can't i came into work like real real irritable like real irritable real tired and my boss like looks at me and goes like what's wrong buddy i'm like are you kidding me right now (laughs) Like, what do you yeah. think's wrong? Like, yeah. I'd like, and I, I snapped. Like, I just like, I, I don't want to say I like when I, when I get real, real mad. Like, I get, I get like cry. It's kind of, mm. it's kind of embarrassing. No, that's at, le- at least, at yeah. least, I'm not being sexist. At least towards the other gender when I'm arguing. When I'm arguing with girls or whatever, or like my mom or my boss who is a female. Shh. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I need sleep. 
Like, mm-hmm. I am fucking tired. Like, I go to school. Like, I have to... I Like, I'm in criminal justice. I know it's not the hardest major, but... like It's still uh, difficult. I'm not a I mean, doctor. Like, pre, like I'm either going to go pre-law or forensics. I don't know which one yet. Those are both difficult I fields, it, <laughs> I would say. I, I mean, I'm not downplaying myself. I'm still in my gen eds, so... We'll we'll take it easy on that, but um, I like I'm I don't know I you're busy I'm busy I have yeah, school I I have an extracurriculars like and I'm working a triple shift and then like dude like you're gonna ask me like what's wrong like you just scheduled me for a triple shift yesterday and I come in to work like thirty minutes late and you're pissy with me about it and then you're like all right, what's wrong? And then I tell you, and then you get mad at me. It's like, bro, that's not how this works. Like, you got to be somewhat understanding. Yeah. So I'm I'm not saying that I've had professors like that. I mean, we were talking, we were talking a little bit about it earlier with professors being um, unforgiving or not understanding or something like that. And I'm not knocking on Malone, so don't even go and say I'm slandering Malone. <laughs> Um, but I did have a couple confrontations with like professors at Malone, uh, when COVID actually happened in March and it's like professors don't understand and don't realize that like we are in one of the most revolutioning times, revolutionizing times of like the 21st century. I mean, when's the last... I know they say like every twenty years or forty years, or whatever we have a we have a pandemic, but like, and I, I don't know your, I don't know guys's people's political views. Some people may say it's not the most. Some people may say it is. Um, I'm not gonna go down that road, but I mean, it is COVID. Like, it is. It did. It's a, a worldwide pandemic. It's a yeah. worldwide pandemic. It's life altering. I mean, life did shut down for literally a year and a half essentially a year almost i don't know a year and a half whatever eight months whatever i'm saying re reinvigorating yourself back into everyday life and moving as an everyday person as normal without having a diaper over your face so (laughs) whatever no but i do think that's like a big part of it like being a human being at the end of the day like you're mentioning like all these things that you're involved in but then you also like have to sleep and you have to like at some point like do the things you actually care about in life like yeah yeah just like take a break i do agree with your point on like we are just in a weird revolutionary time where it's like companies are really starting to look at like the work ethic of like the average not the average even the work dynamic is yeah changed dramatically and even companies are starting to look at it now as like a it's not necessarily about like a work productivity thing because I think COVID changed entirely how people do work. Like people realize that like you can do work from home and still be productive. Like that's something if I think not more, if yeah. not more. Yeah. Because I feel like at least for me, it was more comforting to do work at my house because I knew not that I knew where, of course I know where everything is. It's my house, but like I I'm th- in an environment where I'm comfortable. It's my room. I have a candle lit. I'm listening to music as I'm doing work. It's just one of those things where it's like I can sit in my desk in sweatpants and a white t-shirt and not care about the world and get as much work done as I would today in an office. Mm-hmm. So, I think that kind of almost puts like an added pressure on students too. 
um, because the work dynamic mm-hmm. has changed so drastically. So if your technology skills are not superior or at least proficient, you're more than likely not going to get a job. And if your multitasking skills are not there with like you were talking about, you have three screens up. And mm-hmm. if you're not doing three things at one time, all right, I'll find the next guy that can do it. Yeah. So, and I, it's, it's almost like training our students and people to operate. And it's, it, inevitably the way our world is like and is leading and going to where it's so technology heavy it's so social media heavy it's so just heavy in the media i don't, I don't want to say the media but you know what i mean media <laughs> yeah. f- forms, just outlets yeah um that it almost we're so engulfed in it that we just forget to take a second like you said yeah i would say too it's we've gotten to a point where it's like very comparative i think that's the biggest issue i have with like being in a such like a technology driven world where everything is posted and everything is tiktok and whatever you want to call it i sound old i promise you i like (laughs) it's just we get to a point where it's like we compare what we're doing to other people my biggest not pet peeve is linkedin with this because i know several people and i've seen posts on this and stuff like that where it's like linkedin is an awesome place to get to know people if you want to like have a job not in the not in like the real world but you get what i'm saying yeah. you join linkedin or handshake for that exact reason to find work to get to know people to make connections whatever that may be and then you follow people you follow like fellow students or people that you've met through classes and stuff like that and you see all this awesome stuff that they're doing like i just got an internship at nasa i'm working for goodyear like real big companies and you sit there and you're like i'm not doing anything like what do i like it's you're holding yourself to the standard of like you're not them like how like then you get down on yourself and you get in this state of mind where you're thinking about like i'm not them like they just got an internship at nasa like what do i do like i don't even know where i want to work in a year and a half i have no idea Mm -hmm. i don't have no idea what that's going to look like and so that's something i have a problem with like linkedin on and instagram because it sets these unrealistic expectations of like it just works out perfectly for people and like you have no idea all the work that they put into it and so that's something i bring up because it's like we compare ourselves to everything now it's like you compare yourselves to your classmates to other people's successes to instagram posts to body images like mm-hmm. it's such a bad culture in that sense but i th- yeah i don't i don't know where this was going but i just wanted to <laughs> no. touch on that because i think when you were talking about like everything just being out there now and like just it being so different on a technology scale and it's also you gotta think about like the internet's not that old like and within the last probably three or four decades we've really come very far and like where we started versus where we are now like if you looked 10 years ago you'd be like how did we get here Mm -hmm. like think about it 10 years ago was 2011 in 2011 if i would how i'm not gonna talk about it if like you were sitting there you'd be like how do you how do you live stream on like TikTok? Like, how do you do that? How do you get there? So I just feel like we've taken a lot of jumps and we're still figuring out what our boundaries are, right? Like how do we cope with seeing other people's successes and not judging ourselves based on those successes? And so it was going back to Grace's point, it was like a huge circle and we're just now coming back to the end of it. <laughs> Grace's point of like, uh destructive criticism and con- what did you call it I'm destructive, sorry. destructive perfectionism. perfectionism yeah destructive perfectionism where it's like you're trying to perfect yourself 
are you trying to like view yourself in this perfect image till you like you can't do it anymore no i totally agree and i feel like the impacts of like social media and everything could totally be like its own whole oh yeah that's a whole different worm (laughs) rabbit hole to dig down yeah but just to kind of like bring it full circle i would say um jp you kind of touched on this at the end but um finding that balance i uh read this book one time from this leadership book that i read um and it talks about like i'm sure you've all heard the buzzword of like work-life balance um and it talks about how that's actually like a sham and it's not like a real thing um the actual like meaning of what that's supposed to look like for you is whatever's important to you so like if your career is like really important to you that's incredible that's how it should be but outside of that you have to just prioritize what's important to you in your life so like for me as a college student right now i think a lot of the times like i came into this role as student body president thinking like okay i have to find my work-life balance this balance between usg and like the rest of my life and social media and like everything that i wanted to do and like also being a student and finding that balance when no in reality I just had to pick the things that were the most important to me. So like my top priority, um, honestly, I'd say is being student body president because I love the work that I'm doing for our platform. I love the work that I'm doing. It's really incredible. And then obviously school would be like a second priority. And then from there, it's like my loved ones and like spending time with my friends, getting to actually enjoy being a college student for once. Um, And I think like your priorities can change every week. Like one week it might be focusing on your mental health, focusing on your physical health the next week and then focusing on like alone time for you. But I think too many times people get caught up in this idea of like having to cram all of those things in on the same week when it's really just about prioritizing that week time by time for you and what works for you in your life and not getting caught up in what other people are doing or what's most important for them or what's coming up in their life. But just focus on you, figure out what works for you and then stick to that like I think it is really important to like establish a routine and then kind of sticks to what whatever works for you and it doesn't have to make sense to other people and you just got to find what works for you and kind of I think that's a really good way to learn your coping mechanisms while you're also personally developing and learning more about yourself because those are skills that you're going to take with you throughout the rest of your life and that's what college is for is to prepare you for life so it's okay not to be perfect and yes. it's okay not to be okay yes it's okay not to be okay yes yeah. I think that's a great way to end it mm-hmm um i think yeah i think that's i think we're gonna stop there um we'll do another episode on uh, substance abuse more dive into that dive more deeply into that um and just really about what comes with it what how people struggle with it um the different mediums, the different forms that people can struggle with it at, and just, yeah. Um, but as usual, if you guys, please, please, please share um, our podcast on anything that you have out um, on Instagram, Snapchat. Um, like, follow, subscribe. Um, on Spotify, it's on Apple Podcast. If you go in our bio, click the link tree um, drop down. It'll be you'll be able to follow it. Um, yeah, like I said, if we want to make a change, um, not only here at Akron but in the world, um, it starts with the culture. Um, that's what I'm trying to do is change the culture and normalizing just talks like this and getting. Not necessarily my voice, because I think there's probably, I don't know, 
hundred more people that could talk about what I talk about or there definitely are. Um, but it really just starts with where we're at here at Akron um, and going from there. And that's my main focus is how can we make Akron a better place? How can we make the University of Akron a safer, healthier, and a place where you're just comfortable? Um, in every way, shape, or form, every medium, anywhere you go. So, And that starts, as stupid as it sounds, by having people follow and liking and sharing and just getting the word out um, in general. So if you guys would, please, if you do listen to this episode, share it and tell your friend about it. Um, that's it for episode five of the Happy Days podcast. With Thank you to JP and Grace for coming out. I really like doing part two with you guys. I feel like I could really talk episodes and episodes with you guys about this <laughs> stuff so uh big thank you to them uh big shout out to uh Cade walker for doing all of our editing um all of our sound um getting things set up for us um big shout out to ashton uh crothers for just helping out with the uh, format where the room is um arash um I'm not going to lie. I don't want to mispronounce your last name, Arash. So I think it's Jerry. <laughs> um, there's people that I'm forgetting. Um, I also just want to say, too, really quick before Grace and I get off. Um, USG is always open for students to walk into our office, Grace and I's office. Uh, our The USG office is in the student union, room 306A. Our door is usually always open. Um like if people aren't in the office, obviously it's closed, but please, please, please come in if you ever need anything. We're more than happy to have a conversation with you just about anything you're going through, just to get a chat or have a cup of coffee. Um, Grace and I thrive on that. I think that's where we probably make our best decisions is having conversations with student experiences and what each of you are going through. So uh, if you've ever felt like you need somebody to talk to or need somebody to do something, uh, Grace and I are always always here for it so i just wanted to plug that before before we leave grace i don't know if you had anything else for that but <laughs> yeah for sure um and i mentioned that this was something that we were doing uh as on behalf of usg on the last episode but uh we're starting these things called mental health roundtables um so the first one is going to be on actually this friday which we're super excited about with student athletes um but we're having six of them and the next five are going to be with different groups of students and the different struggles that they face so if you're a student at the university of akron and this is something that you're interested in attending please feel free to reach out to me uh email me at usgpresident at uakron.edu or dm the usg instagram account but the next five sessions after student athletes are going to be uh, with men and the different stigmas that come along, along with that, uh, students of color and the cultural stigma, stigmas around mental health that come with that aspect, um, the LGBTQ plus community, Greek life community, and first year students, first year students just dealing with like those life transitions and kind of everything that comes along with that. So if you fit into one of those categories, mental health is something you're passionate about. It'll be a presentation from a speaker, speaker from Active Minds, and then a facilitated discussion by JP and myself about issues that UA students are facing and then working together to identify potential solutions for those. So if you're interested in attending one of those, please feel free to just shoot me an email. Um, I'll definitely reach back out to you. Um, yeah, really excited about that. Thanks for having us on the podcast, Costa. Yeah, thank totally you. Totally agree. Could talk about mental health for hours. It's one of my biggest passions, and I really love this. So, yeah, if everybody ever needs anything, just 
you have my email so thank you absolutely uh i remember the people that i was forgetting uh <laughs> riley fury savannah pate working with our instagram account um but as usual if you are going through a crisis to build on them don't contact us please uh, yes respectfully uh, because one we're not licensed professionals to deal with it and two we cannot provide immediate care and resources uh, there are links in our bio to places where you can contact um and I just want to shout out to Impact, uh, the new counseling program that I just started go- uh, going to and joining. Uh, it's, it's pretty unique. Uh, I think you guys should check it out. Um, if you guys are on a waiting list for Akron uh, counseling, uh, you can, quote unquote, jump the line by seeking outside help through our Impact program. Um, and yeah, big things to come on the podcast with uh next semester and um keep a keep a lookout for uh, us in the union just i'm just that's all i'm gonna say but vague i like it vague yes leaves people on the edge of their seats thank you guys and uh we'll see you next time